Welcome to Techtivation. I'm your host, Peter High. I'm pleased to welcome Dan Blanchard to the broadcast. Dan is the Chief Technology Officer of Intercontinental Hotels Group, or IHG. He's held that role for a bit more than two years. And his responsibilities include traditional IT, delivering what he calls tech-enabled possibilities, as well as organizational change. It began his tenure just before the pandemic hit, and I look forward to hearing more about how he and his team navigated their way through these difficult times. I also look forward to his perspectives on how technology will enhance customers' experience in the future and a variety of other topics. Dan, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. In today's unpredictable environment, long-term success rarely comes by chance. Thriving organizations are able to rapidly respond to whatever comes their way, be secure in the face of ever-evolving threats, and identify opportunities for ongoing innovation. How do CIOs, CTOs, and CISOs like you power these outcomes? It starts with a strong data foundation. That's why over 90% of Fortune 100 companies use Splunk. Splunk's extensible data platform powers full-stack observability, unified security, and nearly limitless custom applications. The result? They unlock innovation, improve security, and drive resilience. Tune into Technovation episode 630 with Splunk's president of products and technology, Sean Bice, in which he talks about what it takes to unlock innovation in this unpredictable world. And to find out more about Splunk, visit splunk.com slash why. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Cisco, and the company's chief information officer, Jackie Gushalar. As we enter a time of hybrid work environments, Jackie wanted to take a moment to share how companies can stay ahead of this emerging trend and make informed decisions on the future of work. Jackie, over to you. Hi, this is Jackie Gushalar, SVP and CIO of Cisco. Today, we're at a unique time in history with the ability to redefine work. Work is no longer where you go. It's what you do and how you do it and it is powered by the convergence of people, technology, and places. It's permanently reshaping expectations of both employees and employers alike. To navigate this changing landscape, Cisco's Hybrid Work Index can help you make informed decisions by providing global insights on people's preferences, habits, and technology use in the era of hybrid work. It's based on millions of global data points and insights to help you win the war for talent, accelerate your innovation, and enhance business safety and security. Search Cisco Hybrid Work Index to learn more. Thanks, Jackie. And now on to our broadcast. Well, Dan, you are the Chief Technology Officer of IHG, the Intercontinental Hotels Group, uh, and have been for a bit more than two years now. And most people who are listening to this probably have some familiarity with IHG. As somebody who yourself has worked across different companies uh, in travel, uh, talk a bit about uh, some of what makes IHG uh, different in that space. Yeah, sure. Just just to get um, to to sort of set the foundation, IHG is a hospitality uh, company. We have um, sixteen brands, about six, a little over six thousand hotels. Brands like probably most recognized for Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Express, but also, of course, Intercontinental uh, Hotel, Kempton, Indigo, uh, Crown Plaza. You know, it's a, a suite, a, a pretty comprehensive suite of, of hotels. And, and, and you're right, Peter, I've been, I've been in the hospitality and travel industry most of my career. Um, and uh, IHG is, you know, one of the great companies in, in this business. And, and I joined two years ago, uh, to take on this uh, chief technology officer role at a time 
um, where, where we were sort of launching uh, the next generation of IT capabilities at, at IHG. Pretty quickly, um, uh, about about five weeks in, the pandemic hit, and so that that did change my change my trajectory a little bit. And we can talk about that, uh, you know, but uh, as we go on. But but yeah, just to just to um, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, hospitality companies and almost all of the hospitality companies are uh, at their core management and franchise organizations. And so most of the hotels, in fact, the vast majority of the hotels that we have within our 16 brands are either um, franchised. And so they're, they're, they're run according to our standards and quality controls and, and processes uh, by those owners that, um, that own the physical assets or they're owned by those owners and we run them uh, for those organizations. And so we're management and franchise um, uh, predominantly across our across our sixteen brands. And talk a little bit, if you would. The, the chief technology officer is such a a diverse role. <laughs> if you'd speak with uh, five CTOs, you'll you'll find that they have five different sets of responsibilities. Uh, talk a bit about your set of responsibilities at, at ISG. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, <laughs> you get a lot of answers when you look at what the what the position descriptions are across CTO. My, my accountabilities really really bridge into three into three areas. The first is is running the technology ecosystem, and so that's you know, and, and all all three of these have a have a vision component, a strategy component, and a and a plan component, and that sort of pattern might come out pretty commonly or frequently as in this discussion, because it is something I believe pretty passionately of making sure that those three elements are, are, are tightly connected. Um, but all three, all three of these um, have, that, have those aspects, but the technology ecosystem. So running the company on the technology uh, that we use, whether that's, whether that's establishing the direction uh, for us as an organization, making sure we're looking around the corners in terms of uh, what's going on in the IT industry, all, all the way to you know keeping systems up and running and and running you know cloud solutions and those kinds of things. So that's sort of the first aspect of of my accountability. Um, the second aspect is one that is now starting to come into play, and the reason that this is I say that this way um, is because. Um, it, you, there's a there's a process of building trust with the rest of of the business environment with the rest of the stakeholders across the team and so this this sort of te technology enabled business possibilities um, is is an is an accountability that I have so bringing to the table what is possible even if it's not being requested and again that's sort of transitioning from from you know order taking to uh, to charting the course and thought leadership, but that's the sort of the second accountability is bringing that, those technology enabled uh, opportunities to the to the table. Um, and then the last one is is organizational change, and and we've done a lot of things. When I first joined, we're a very traditional IT shop. Uh, realized through several things, not not the least of which was the pressures associated with COVID, that we had to be a little bit lighter on our feet, and so. And so some of the organizational changes that we've made have, have accomplished that. But my accountability is making sure uh, that we as an organization particularly contribute to the broader 
the broader um, IHG management ecosystem that we contribute from a technology perspective in ways that uh, that enable capabilities. And, and we'll get into that probably in a little bit, but organizational uh, structures, platform structures, moving from project-based models to 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 um, to product-based models, those kinds of things is an accountability that I have for for the organization. That's a great overview. Thank you for that. Well, you alluded in the early stages uh, some of the complexities early in your tenure that you joined again a little bit more than than two years ago, and and within a few weeks, COVID uh, the the full extent of COVID began uh, to make its way through all industries with a particularly acute uh, um, you know sort of aspect to it for travel generally, for hospitality more specifically as well. And, and so talk a bit about those early days and some of the pivots that were necessary, you know, at a, at a point where you would normally probably be going off and visiting uh, different sites, different locations, meeting with executives in person, uh, you know, getting your footing under you as you're developing your, your first plans. No doubt you needed to actually be re- very resilient and, and nimble in the way in which you operated with so much that was unknowable. Take us back to that time, if you would, and, and yeah, how you charted. Yeah, that was, that, was a, that was an exciting time. And I say that um, a little bit tongue in cheek because it, it was it was challenging. It's been, it's been a challenging time in the hospitality industry um, over the course of the last two years. But, you know, I started the job just like everybody else does with a, with a 90-day plan. Actually, I had a 120-day plan because... I didn't think I was going to be able to get it all done in, in 90 days. But, um, uh, you know, yeah, at about week five, that got thrown out out the window. Uh, the same things that you would normally do, all of the assessments and making sure you understand where you stand in terms of capabilities and and all of those things continued. But, but um, you know, r- really quickly, um, the, the key capabilities were... Um, making sure that we ran the company effectively. So just sort of um, blocking and tackling basics, making sure that we didn't uh, lose traction or cause problems during, during this very difficult time. You know, we had, we had owners and operators of hotels going through terrible, terrible situations. Um, And so we had to make sure that we in IT didn't exacerbate or cause any concerns with that. So that was, that was probably job number one, and then and then shortly thereafter, of course, economically, we had to react to a significant downturn in business, and so cost savings and efficiency became really, really a key capability. And and going through that process, um, whilst you know having aspirations to really um, accelerate the capability, build uh, build additional capability within the organization, was a bit of a challenge. And as I said, at, I think it was at about my my one year anniversary, so about halfway uh, to where we are now. I told uh, I told my boss that I had completed my 120 day day plan, and and so, <laughs> you know, uh, he was actually pretty pleased with that <laughs> because uh, because we did we did obviously do a lot, but it did change quite dramatically um, the the trajectory of the first year. And the second year, to, to be honest, but but um, uh, you know the focus was on efficiency, making sure that we were making really really smart decisions with our money, uh, that we didn't spend money on things that were maybes, we didn't spend money on things that might work. Uh, we really had to know that they were going to work, and so that that was the start. And then um, you know all of the all of the foundational thing. You know everybody across the industry knows. You know ITIL discipline. CMDB, 
um, resiliency management, ensuring that everything was there, ITIL, uh, you know, incident management, change management, all of the basics, the foundations of running, running a good shop we had to do. Uh, fortunately, we also made some really good progress with things like CICD pipelines, um, started our move from a Gen 1-based cloud environment to a Gen 2-based cloud environment. So we've been able to make some progress in that space, but it has been dominated by you know, the realities of the economic position that, that a hospitality company is in. Yeah, that, that all makes sense, certainly. And I, I, you know, I wonder, what was the role? You, you mentioned um, technology during the course of the pandemic has been had a primary role, for instance, in identifying cost savings and efficiencies. Uh, you know, you wanted to make sure that IT was not part of the problem, that it was not a, a blocker during a time when there were a lot of exogenous uh, factors that were becoming blockers to business, of course, and so mm-hmm. ease of doing business and so on. Um, you know, it was also a time that for many companies that as they needed to have new digital ways of communicating with with colleagues, uh, with with franchisees, thinking about that broader ecosystem you have and some of the the complexities of of a of the business model that you have, also with customers as well. Talk a bit about um, the role of those digital channels, how they have evolved, and maybe even how some of them have advanced as a result of renewed focus uh, yeah. on some of those channels during these times. Yeah, and they had to advance. I mean, the yeah. reality is they had to advance because. The demands from the business was was there, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a window. Um, so when I when when I joined, we sort of had the coined the the term, you know, no vendor left behind. We we had a lot of solutions um, in the ecosystem, and we had to pick some. I mean, at the end of the day, and you know, I'm cast no dispersions on those on those vendors and those products that we didn't pick. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't you can't ride all of those horses. You have to pick some horses and 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 ride them. So. Um, so we had to do that, and, and we had to very, very quickly uh, convert solutions to cloud-based uh, cloud-based environments so that they were they would perform and they were available pretty much globally. Um, we had to do a lot in terms of work from home capabilities, making sure that making sure that our contact centers could could operate from home, and that's again globally. Um, making sure that our our corporate staff could work from home and and could collaborate without. Uh, without the, if you will, sort of safety blanket of their phones on their desks and all of those kinds of things. Uh, we made some decisions in terms of how we were going to um, uh, configure our office space that we had to adjust to. And so a lot of work to make sure that we didn't we didn't lose traction. And, and I would say that we have done that very well. Um, I think, you know, our, our, comp- our company has decided to do this, this hybrid work environment, and I, I endorse that. I think that's the right way to go. Um, I think it's probably difficult to be really innovative if you're not meeting with each other and getting in, in rooms and collaborating. And so uh, now that we're able to start getting back in, in rooms and, and do that, I think it's a good mix. Running the business, doing the transactional things when it's appropriate, um, and then and then getting building relationships and um, and getting in the same room and doing art of the possible kinds of discussions. That's it's sort of a really good mix. But but all of that had uh, you know a technology enablement component, and so we had to work really hard and really fast. We had some really great partners um, that helped us with that uh, really hard and really fast to make sure we met the the business needs. Um, that was a, a little bit of you know uh, sort of throwing into the deep end, right? Making sure that we were there, but. 
but it, it actually did go very well. That's great. I, I would love to circle back to this kind of art of the possible or the launching of the next generation of capabilities, as you noted. Some of this, of course, was, again, uh, making its way into your strategy in that those first five weeks, but had to be put on hold. But it sounds like now progress is being made anew um, uh, as time has gone on. Talk a bit about some of what you see um, in terms of what some of those next generation capabilities might be. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me just, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a picture because some of it's a little bit basic, right? It's sort of making sure that we're continuing on the journey. And so, um, so if you look at, if you look at the forefront of what we're trying to accomplish going forward, one is continuing to mature all the processes that we've built. And I'm not talking about processes for process sake. I mean, very, very focused on making sure processes, um, any large administrative organization has got to have some processes, but they have to help the organization as opposed to uh, become administratively burdensome. So continuing that, that journey, um, continuing the journey of, of getting sophisticated develop or sophisticated automation uh, so that we're not banging on keyboards and making mistakes and those kinds of things. Um, uh, continuing our ITIL maturity. Uh, we have, I mentioned before, we have a, a Gen 1 sort of cloud. It's a hybrid, hybrid cloud where we've got uh, most of our most of our processing done in a completely virtual cloud-based environment, um, but moving that all the way to to a to a Gen two cloud with a you know a fully um, expandable and contractible in an automated way, uh, almost autonomous. Um, you know, moving that moving that direction, and so a lot of these just sort of fundamentals of IT uh, and working through those those capabilities. Um, and then, and then on on the, um, the the next set of capabilities are really starting to enable or or accelerate our capabilities. We've had safe, agile practices for a long time, so we want to continue that. But you know, these CI/CD pipelines that fully automate the the process of getting something from the development environment into production. Um, and we've got we've built a, a set of automation. Some folks did some really great work in that space, even through this whole pandemic. I'm very proud of the team for doing that. Um, and it's deployed. Uh, some elements of it are deployed to about 70% of our application suite, but the full end-to-end -end that really is the, you know, the secret sauce with all the testing capabilities and that whole thing that really drives great quality measures um, is only deployed to about 20, 25% of our application. So we've got a lot of work to go uh, in that space where we're enabling the company to have an idea and put it in production is, you know, accelerating that journey. <clears throat> and that's, um, uh, you know, those are two really pretty big focuses, focus areas. And then the company, right, and I'm not talking about IT, but I mean, the whole company has uh, a mission um, to, to improve our, our customers' experience. And our customers are, are a bit of a diverse uh, set. So let me talk a bit a moment about that. So obviously our customers are folks who stay in our hotels. Uh, clearly we want to delight and, and build the capability, make sure that those folks have a great experience uh, with us when, when, they're, when they're having our, when they're using our products. But our customers are also our owners. Right, and so they're they're running hotels, and so we have a very strong partnership with those owners. So we've got we've got a lot of projects, um, um, just like most people, most 
most of those projects are are um, uh, making sure that they're they're ease of use. So mobile is important. Um, making sure they're enabled with good data and analytics. So we're we're integrating all of that pipeline, all of the information that we we know about um, uh, situations and customers, and making sure that those those insights are actionable. Both those both both those digital interfaces as well as those interpersonal interfaces uh, at at the property, um, and making sure that we're running the company as efficiently as we can. We're doing. You know things with um, with robotic process automation. We're doing things with um, a little bit with uh, machine learning and doing that kind of stuff. And 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 we're making sure that those sort of um, competitive advantage related capabilities to delight our guests and support our owners are are maximized in terms of of what is important to them. Uh, one of the great things about IHG is. You know, they are they're absolutely, the whole company is absolutely laser focused on impact. So when we look at an opportunity, when we look at a challenge, when we look at um, the an, uh, an investment, you know, spending a dollar to make sure something is better, it is very, very focused. Will this create value, create customer um, love? You know, will, will this create a great experience uh, by our customers? Will this create a great capability for our owners to run their hotel better, to make sure that they're better prepared for the guests that are coming in? They're better able to, to recognize and support the, the frequent customers that come to our hotel. So um, that, the IXG is, is um, and I won't compare it to any others, but I'm, I'm truly impressed with the amount of focus there is on that decision-making we don't have a lot of folks with pet projects. We don't have a lot of folks with, with um, you know, turf wars or any of those kinds of things. People collaborate and make good decisions that maximize those two things. That's really that's a great great overview. I really appreciate that. I wonder also, you know, as you as you think about you know moving ahead and continuing to think about next generation capabilities, building on what you've described, what are some of the methods you use in order to? to gauge trends and their potential relevance back to IHG, Dan? You know, what kind of an ecosystem do you curate or conversations you put yourself in or, or members of your team who are, you know, more or less responsible, responsible for these sorts of things? Talk a bit about the, the methods you use just to be aware of what, what the art of the possible is from your perspective. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, a good part, a good part of, of my time is, is assessing what's going on in our industry and other industries. Um, IHG is not, is, we're not an R&D kind of IT ecosystem. So they're, they're, I'm not gonna compete with a Google or an Amazon or those kinds of companies in terms of uh, the ability to um, come up with great ideas. Um, but there are great ideas that, are le- that I can leverage uh, of what they're doing in in the bottling industry, or what they're doing in the food service industry, or what they're doing, and and so um, um, building a an organization that cares about that is really important to me, and and participates in those kinds of in those kinds of models. One of the things that we can't have, and my my team will tell you this, we can't have this sort of not invented here methodology, right? We have to be open to create great and innovative things that are being done outside of the walls of the IHG environment. And 
And there's a couple of ways that that happens. In a very um, standard way, um, we, we have a preference to buy versus build. So there's, there's that preference. Now, obviously you can't do that in all cases, but prefer to buy versus build. We prefer to rent versus buy, right? So if we can uh, uh, do a cloud-based solution, software as a service, uh, base solution. I'd rather do that than than buy it and host it host it myself. So we have that kind of capability. We've reached out and built a, an ecosystem of partners that can help us um, help help us think through this this thought leadership. So all of the all of the what we call um, strategic partner relationships have an innovation component in that. So we built that directly into into our contracts with them. And so uh, they provide innovation resources. We, we use those funds and that thought leadership to incorporate um, changes and updates into the how we're doing business. And we've also um, just recently started and, and, and uh, one of the leaders on my team, Chad Westfall, um, has really championed this is interacting with um, with universities, and so we're we have a, a good relationship with Cornell, who, as most of you might know, or some of you might know, is a um, is a is a premier uh, hospitality um, university. I have a curriculum that's fantastic in that space, and so we're interacting with them. We're working on working with Georgia Tech on similar things, um, and we have um, we have other tentacles and and relationships with others to to bring some of that sort of thought leadership. And so the good thing about those relationships is, is one, it's relatively inexpensive. Again, I'm not gonna compete with, my R&D budget isn't gonna compete with, with Google or Amazon, but, but in that space, I can, I can throw out ideas of, of you know, the, we, we, we built a, a program in, there in, the, in the leisure space, right? This combination of business and leisure and how do we as a business, um, you know, market to and adapt our service to to uh, to address those kinds of needs and, and other things like that and so um, that that sort of ecosystem builds you know brings in those ideas but I will say that the number one thing the number one thing in that space um, is to build a culture of people who are willing to acknowledge that we don't have all the answers and we have to partner with organizations um, to to get that kind of innovation in so. So it's a combination of all those tactical things plus that that very clear culture uh, to be open to those ideas. Really great. Uh, are there, you know, as you think about trends that are exciting uh, across the next to several years, uh, especially in light of some of what you've described in terms of your, your process and your diet as it comes to, uh, uh, you know, absorbing some of these insights, what are some things that particularly excite you? Uh, talk about diet. I, I, I haven't solved. I haven't cracked that. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, yeah, sure, sure. But there's some there's some really exciting things that are going to change uh, the way IT is participates in the world. Um, you know, obviously, it's been meteoric rise in terms of the digitization of the business model, and that's not about to change. We're not at a plateau. Uh, in any in any way, shape, or form, and so um, uh, the 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 kinds of capabilities that we're now we're now seeing in in the gaming industry or in um, in the in the augmented reality or the virtual reality is just gonna it's gonna pretty dramatically change uh, the way people interact with um, with uh, typical business environments. 
so you think about you know the metaverse. You think about you know all, all of the whether you call it you call it metaverse, you call it the you know generation three cloud. I, you know it doesn't matter what you call it. It's going to change the way people interact with uh, with business models. And so uh, an organization like us, what we do and and um, uh, is is look at where the pain points are. So when you when you understand as much as we understand about our customers and and you understand as much as we understand about our owners, you start thinking, okay, well, what are those key pain points that exist in these in these interactions? Um, you know, you can you can envision um, somebody who's who's you know planning their vacation, right? And they're spending a lot of money on planning their vacation. So, how can you take some of these augmented reality, virtual reality? you know, mach potential machine learning kinds of things, interconnected worlds, social, in socially interconnected world. How can you apply that to deal with that pain point? And so we're looking at those kinds of options. We don't have the answers yet by any stretch of the imagination, but but by, by combining this, what's going on in the industry with some really, really cool capability um, and looking at our pain points, we're coming up with areas where we say, hey, we need to, we need to look at that. Because you know that 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 piece is a real pain point for someone who's trying to, like I say, plan a vacation that they might take once every two years, um, and wants to maximize the value that they're getting um, out of that spend for their family, for their for themselves, what what have you. Maximizing that without just sort of um, hoping that it's going to be a great time, right? They're, they're, they want to know that it's going to be great. So combining those kinds of things is what's exciting. Um, to me now, I'm not about to tell you that that um, that that's coming out today, right? I mean, there's still it has this industry has to mature. Um, but one of the things that's really important about my charter, and I mentioned it before, is um, all of the all of the decisions that I'm making today. You know, the different technology vendors that that I'm selecting the the technology models, architectural models that we're picking, those models have to not only have a, a view to, to solving the problems that I have in front of me today, but I can't put myself at a disadvantage for two or three years out when these other capabilities are going to come uh, become possibilities and, and I want to take advantage of them, right? So I don't want to have... I don't want to have to turn 180 degrees when I get there. So I call it mental gymnastics, but you have to think through all of these things that, that are happening in the industry. Uh, and when I say the industry, I mean the IT industry. And think about all of these needs in the, in the hospitality, travel, lodging space. And really think about what that's going to be so that, so that again, we don't, be, we don't put ourselves in a technological debt-based disadvantage position to, to do those things um, out in the out years. And that's taking a lot of, of, a lot of really uh, disciplined thought, uh, thought leadership work. I appreciate that overview. I, I wanted to also ask you, Dan, as you think about your journey to becoming a chief technology officer, or now a leader multiple times over at major organizations, Delta, Marriott, before this one, Boeing, um, I wonder, you know, if there if there's uh, 
there've been certain difference makers in your eyes, uh, and especially in light of, you know, if you had advice for your, your, your younger self, or maybe advice for a younger colleague who might wish to follow in your footsteps, what, have, what's been sort of, you know, your kind of the, the secrets to your success to some extent. That's a, that's a great question. And, and, um, so I spend a little bit of energy thinking about this because none of us have, have really, I'm sorry, if anybody says they're, you know, they're done and they've, and they've stopped learning, uh, they're probably wrong, or at least I would argue that they're wrong. And so, um, but there are, some, there are some key things that I think are really important to be successful in, um, in IT in particular, probably more broadly, but, but at least in IT, because we are a service uh, right, we are service within a business, um, or at least that's my experience. Whether it's Boeing or or Marriott or or Delta, um, we are a service within within the business. And so, one of the key things that that I have found it very very important to do is is think through the challenges of those of those business people and and put yourself. So, there's an empathy related aspect to this. But it's more than that. It's actually thinking through what are their challenges. Um, not it's it's not about it's not about what the challenges are of IT. If you focus, if you start from the IT perspective, you're probably going to miss the boat. So if you start from their perspective, it becomes a little uh, it becomes a lot easier to understand how you might be able to meet the meet their needs or challenge. So so it's a it's a it's a frame of mind. It's a, it's a, um, if you will, again, we're back to some of those mental gymnastics, but, but it's doing that work to make sure you understand where they're coming from, uh, rather than sort of pushing your agenda, right? If I go into the room and I say, I say, well, you know, we're doing a, um, a CICD pipeline and you also just, you know, come into line. <laughs> uh, that typically doesn't work that well, right? But if, but if you go in the room and they say, you know what our big problem is, We've got a we've got a um, um, a cycle time from idea to implementation right now that's you know nine months long and that's not that's not fast enough for me to to capitalize on these opportunities. I've got to make it three months. Okay, then you can start reacting to that and figure out how you as an organization can as an IT organization can help uh, solve those challenges. So again, it's it's just sort of turning the tables um, and and getting into their shoes a little bit. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, there's just basics, right? Transparency. Um, I will tell you the number of times that I have gotten positive feedback because I've said, hey, it was me. Uh, I screwed up. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Make sure it doesn't happen again, right? You can't, can't hide any of those kinds of things. Uh, certainly not in IT, right? I mean, if the system went down, the system went down. Nobody's going to nobody say, yeah, you know, you're crazy. Our website was up the whole day. No, it wasn't. It was down. Uh, so, I mean, you know, just being transparent and and uh, talking with people and 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 communication those are those are the big things. But but I but I have found that ability to put yourself in the shoes of your of your uh, stakeholders has been uh, probably the biggest key to um, uh, to being able to have an impact uh, in the organization. Well, well, Dan Blanchard, thank you for, uh, for, for, for a really stimulating conversation of uh, leadership during trying times, of a story of resilience, uh, interesting aspects of where you see your company and the industry and technology, generally speaking, heading. Uh, it's been a really great conversation. Thank you. Good. Pleasure. Pleasure talking to you, Peter, as always. Thank you.